Our scripture readings today are both from the gospel. I invite you to stand in body or in spirit for the readings. The first gospel reading is from Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, an expert in the law, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. The second gospel reading is from John chapter 20, verses 19 through 20. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors were locked when the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And he said this, after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I can see the marks of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in the side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. You may be seated. Let us go to God in a quick word of prayer. Gracious God, your people are listening. So we ask that you would speak. May these words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be found faithful in your sight. For you, God, are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Well, today, as we've said, is Confirmation Sunday. And as I was preparing for this morning, I was trying to think back to my own confirmation. I'm uh, curious, does anybody here remember the day of their confirmation? Not all of us were confirmed, and that's okay, but I'm wondering if anybody does. Yes, I remember it very well. It was in 2008. I was in seventh grade at Calvary United Methodist Church on the east side of Wichita, Well, actually, to tell you the truth, I don't remember that much about it, except when I was in seventh grade, I had very long and curly hair that was this terrible mess. It was not a good look. Whenever I look at my confirmation pictures, I always cringe a little bit. But the one thing I do remember about my confirmation is we had this custom at Calvary that every one of the confirmands would write their own creed. And when they were confirmed, they had the opportunity to come up and stand before the congregation and share their own personal creed uh, as a way to share 
their personal belief that they were professing that day. And again, if I'm being honest, I don't remember really any of the content of that creed, but I remember it was a powerful moment. As I was thinking about what to say to not just these confirmands who are taking this wonderful step of faith today, but also to all of us gathered here, this question kept coming to my mind. What does it mean to be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ? This is the question we should be asking ourselves on Confirmation Sunday, because in just a little bit, we are going to gather these wonderful young people here at the rail, and we're going to pray for them one by one, name by name, and we're going to pray that through the power of the Holy Spirit that they would grow to be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. That's one of the things that today is about. And it's a question that we should all ask ourselves, I think, from time to time. Because I think sometimes confirmation for even the beautiful rite of passage that it is can become in our minds more of a mere coming-of-age event than what it really is, which is a commissioning and the blessing for a lifetime of faithfully following Jesus. But what does that mean? Well, I want to try to reframe it for us today, not just for the confirmands, but for all of us. And to answer that question, what does it mean to be faithful, I want to begin by talking about two of the important things that we do in confirmation. And the first important thing that we do is baptism. Now, in the United Methodist Church, we believe that it is through our baptism that we know that we belong to God. This is why we baptize babies most often, because as cute as babies are, we had one at the 930 service, a baptism. They are too young to know what's going on. They have not yet been able to fall into this narrative that us older people do, where we feel like we have to earn and deserve everything, including grace. But when we baptize a baby, we say, no, 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 no. This is all a gift from God, because God has decided to make this the foundational truth of our identity. You belong to God. That's why on Confirmation Sunday, if you haven't been baptized, we baptize you first, because this is the very beginning of the spiritual journey, knowing that in this vertical relationship between you and God, there is belonging and belovedness and claiming. We are never without that fundamental truth. But there's another important thing that we do in confirmation, and, and, and after all the kids are baptized and prayed for, we give the confirmands an opportunity to join the church. Now, this isn't a requirement for confirmation, and some years there are confirmands who decide not to join the church, and that's okay. But oftentimes they go hand in hand, because when we join the church, we remember that just as we belong to God, we also belong to each other as part of that community that exists throughout time and space as the people who belong to God. So each of these young people are going to join the church universal, and then they're also going to join Aldersgate United Methodist Church, and this is a wonderful thing that we're going to celebrate, that they belong to God, and they also belong to us. And part of your responsibility as a congregation is to never forget that. But the journey of being a faithful disciple of Jesus 
It does not begin and end with belonging to God and belonging to each other. It does not begin or it does not end with baptism. It does not end with confirmation. Because being a faithful disciple of Jesus also means continuing to be on a journey of growing in faith. And this is always a lifelong journey. Confirmands, today is not the end of your journey. It is just the beginning. And one of the things that I really want you to hear today, so I'm just going to try to make it plain, is that following Jesus is one of the best ways that you can live. I believe fully, and I'm not just saying this as your pastor, following Jesus is the way to experience life in the fullness of what it is meant to be. The fullness of joy, the fullness of abundance, the fullness of love, I really believe, comes by following Jesus. But one of the things that you might experience as you are on that journey of following Jesus, something that maybe you've already experienced, but many of us in the room have, is that sometimes the spiritual journey can get difficult. Sometimes the spiritual journey is not easy, and sometimes your spiritual journey will go through a season marked by asking hard questions, challenging what you believe, maybe even doubting. I want you to know if and when that happens that that is okay. That being a faithful disciple of Jesus can include asking hard questions, doubting, and renegotiating what you believe. I don't know where we got this idea that faith is just about believing the right things, that it only involves our minds. But I think many of us in different ways were taught as we were growing up that you have to believe exactly the right way. And if you ever question and if you ever doubt, well, you better be careful because you're entering dangerous territory. But Jesus never said that faith was just a matter of the head. He said in Matthew 22, in the passage that Brian read for us, love the Lord your God, not only with your whole mind, but your whole heart and your whole soul, your whole self. Friends, faith is a matter of your whole being. It's not just about what you think up here. It's about what's in your heart, what's in your soul. And if faith is truly a matter of our whole selves, mind, heart, and soul, it, we should not be surprised that as our heads and our hearts and our souls continue to grow throughout our life, maybe our faith needs to change a little bit and grow along with it. The way that I understood my faith when I was a seventh grade or a seventh grader in confirmation is not the same way that I understand my faith now. If I were to find that creed that I said in front of those people, I very well might believe all the same things. But the way that I think about them, the way that they live in my heart and in my soul and in my mind will probably be different. And that's a good thing. And I hope that the way that I believe and understand my faith now is different than the way that I will understand it 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, and 40 years from now. Because here's the thing, friends. To be on a journey of faith means that you are never done growing. It means you are never done going deeper into the beautiful mystery of God. I like what uh, theologian uh, Richard 
Rohr says. It's not that God is unknowable, but that God is infinitely knowable. There is an infinite depth to the riches of God's grace and mercy, and we can spend a whole lifetime and still not be able to grasp the fullness of it. But this is what it means to be faithful, to be on that journey, to know that you belong to God, to know that you belong to each other, and to know that you belong on a journey that might at times include asking hard questions, doubting, and changing the way you understand your faith. Today we read the story of Doubting Thomas. Now Thomas, he always gets a bad rap because he is the one caught asking questions and experiencing doubt. But I think Thomas was just being faithful. I think he was just being human and engaging his faith with his whole heart, his whole mind, and his whole soul. He wanted to grow in faith. He wanted to believe. But he had some hang-ups. Just like some of us might have some hang-ups from time to time, especially when things get really, really hard. And instead of pushing these doubts down and repressing them and pretending like they don't exist, which, by the way, will never cure your doubt, it'll only create shame, Thomas decides to be honest about it with his community and with Jesus. And what does Jesus do when Thomas expresses his doubt? He doesn't shame him. He doesn't chide him. But he shows him his side. And he shows him his hands and says, Thomas, look at my wounds. Jesus, in an act of grace, gives Thomas what he needs. He gives him what he needs to continue on his journey of faith, to continue growing, to continue loving, to continue being a faithful follower of Jesus. Friends, I want to normalize for all of us the experience of questioning and doubt in our spiritual journeys. Because one of the things that I have learned through my own story of doubting and questioning, I don't have time to tell you that story, but I'd love to tell you sometime. One of the things I've learned is that doubt is not the enemy of our faith, but it can be a doorway, a portal into a deeper understanding of the mystery of God. So whenever you feel that experience, challenging, doubt, questions, despair even, I encourage you, don't turn away. Because it's not the end of your faith. It might just be the beginning of something new, something more beautiful, something deeper. Let us all never stop growing and maturing in our faith. But let us also never stop being childlike. Because remember, too, what Jesus said to Thomas. Blessed are those who do not see and yet believe. We can ask all the questions we want. We can seek evidence all we want. But one of the things that I've been convinced of, and I'll just say this for you to consider, is that being on the journey of faith at some point will require us to embrace the fact that God is a mystery. 
we will never fully understand, we can only see in part. And this, if we embrace it, actually frees us and liberates us to continue growing without having to have it all figured out. Because we never will. But God will give us what we need, the grace we need, to keep growing, to keep loving, and to keep following Jesus. So here's the invitation, not just for you confirmands, but for everybody. It's the, it's the invitation of confirmation. To know that you belong to God, always. To remember that you belong to each other. And to recommit yourself to a lifelong journey of living, loving, doubting, and growing that we would all be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen.